Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the Laces Out podcast, the NFL podcast that I'm sure somebody loves it. I know you guys love it. Come on. We've got a special guest this week. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have lots of guests. Sometimes we have one guest. This week, we have a special guest, and if you're a fan of the Formula One, you might recognise our special guest. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, drop reviews where you can drop reviews, and share the podcast around. If you've got an NFL fan in your life, send them this podcast. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast. Laces out. Recording in progress. My word. She's not wrong. Maybe she is wrong. Let me check. No, she is correct. Recording is in progress. Obviously, you know, in time, in, in recent times, that wasn't the case, and there was a whole, whole uh, audio disaster. But touch, we've passed that. All stuff that probably wasn't needed right at the start of this podcast. Um, it's the. NFL podcast laces out. Um, I am here. Probably no surprises with that one. Uh, my glamorous co-host, Mr. Paul Williams, is here. How are you, sir? Good evening, all. Yes, very well. All good at this end, which cool. will become apparent when we go through last week's breakdown of the games, but no spoilers. Well, um, and joining us now here at the Cookie Cast podcast production studios we like to mix match and just generally cross-pollination is is my favorite terminology um so I, I like to reach out to the wrestling podcast see if they've got any any hosts lying around get the get the football guys involved but very rarely do we get our almost sister podcast involved the Formula One podcast. So, the dare I say number one host of the number one Yorkshire-based Formula One People podcast. People argue that. When Tony's not available, you go to the next yep. best thing, and that is Mr. Mark Wilkin. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Evening, everybody. Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, an absolute pleasure to have you here talking a different sport. If I'm honest, big shout out to uh, Tony and James because they've been on the phone like Andy, mate. You got to get Mark on a podcast. He's he's climbing the walls. He uh, he can't do it. He, he's he just keeps saying, "Is it timely? Is it time?" So uh, so there we go. I'm just recording myself at home. I've got nothing else to do on a Tuesday night. Uh, we've 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 heard we've heard the the there are there are videos circulating on the internet. If you look hard enough, you can find them. Um, so there we go. Now then, it's playoff football, people. It's playoff football, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which sometimes I am, uh, we've just had wild card week, oh, super wild card weekend. Super was it super? There's only one way to find out, and that's by handing over to my. Glamorous co-host to uh, 
to really get into the games this week because there's not as many as there have been in previous weeks. So, Paul, how super was Super Wildcard Weekend? Go. Well, of the six games, four were settled by one score. So, you could argue somewhat, somewhat super. I would say that the uh, the super element was not the um, the bread, if it were, if you were of the six games, as the as the weekend started with a bit of a blowout and ended with a bit of a blowout. But the filling in between that could have been described as super because those were your four closer games that turned out to be all settled with one score. So, like I said, the first the first game didn't start off too super from a from a sort of a neutral perspective, as it were, but um, from from a, a person who may, may may or may not be on this podcast, it started from a, a positive perspective, didn't it, Mark? Yeah, uh, well, um, the first half wasn't. I thought no, the, the, that is true. Actually, no, the first, the first half wasn't wasn't great. No, but after half time, then yeah, it was uh, it was a very super, very super game. It certainly was. Uh, so that was the Seattle Seahawks traveling to the San Francisco 49ers and as you may have ascertained from that San Francisco 49ers were successful and move on to the divisional round and uh, next up we had the Los Angeles of the San Diego Chargers Jesus Christ the the podcast has just gone back in time by five years um, the Los Angeles Chargers travelled to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars um, I think last week in the podcast we, we said that it was either going to be this game or the Giants Viking game, Giants Vikings game was probably going to be the closest and the one that was the, the most difficult to call. Um, and it certainly lived up to the billing. Uh, the, 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 the Chargers were 27 0 up at one point, thanks in no small part to four interceptions thrown by Trevor Lawrence in his first playoff appearance. Um, not, not the best, not the best from old T Law, um, but as they have done before this season, they managed to rally round and in the second half brought it back and actually won the game 31 30. Now, I don't know if it was a case of the Jaguars playing well or the Chargers playing poorly in the second half, possibly a little bit of both if we're being honest. But at the end of the day, when the, uh, when, when the, when the clock hit triple zeros, it was the Jags that were in the lead and they're the ones that progress. Um, I tried my best to watch this game, but it was very, very late on Saturday evening, and I was falling asleep. I'm not gonna lie. On several occasions, I've not watched it back yet, but the bits that I did see, it just looked as if it was the stereotypical game of two halves. Jags terrible in the first half, and then just flicked a switch in the second half, and Lawrence was just on it. I believe that we discussed this game a little bit more at length on last week's podcast and said very much a, you know, you kind of expected the Chargers to walk away from this with the win, but at no point in time should you count the Jags out. The Jags have been a very interesting team to watch this season. I mean, in previous seasons, they've been an absolute train wreck. But I said at the time, having seen them play live, they are very much a different beast this season. And I don't want to be the guy that says, and they proved it at the weekend. <clears throat> it was it was one point 
deciding it, but ultimately that one point was them walking away with a win. I think, yeah, you said it at Wembley, Andy. I think the difference the second half was um, that uh, Travis Etienne. Oh, just oh the, yeah. Class. It was Absolute class cornerstone of that team. And he, uh, he turned it up, and I think the Jags stopped Eckler, and then, like I say, second half, Etienne just absolutely annihilated him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where I think if you're a if you're a Chargers fan or if you're a Chargers if you're in the Chargers back office, you're certainly having you're certainly having words with um, Brandon Staley and saying we didn't need to play the starters last week. Mike Williams getting injured in that game really kind of sort of affected where we could go with the ball. You kind of need to take some accountability for that. Yeah, um, I think. Um, not to not to date the podcast, but I do believe the offensive coordinator of the charges has been uh, has been let go. Indeed. Today. So you were uh, that's what so happens. Unfortunately, you pay the price for um, subpar nature. Unfortunately, but that is what it is. So Jags move on. The next game saw the Miami Dolphins travel to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this one was a lot closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. To be honest with you, the Bills, uh, the Bills were seventeen nothing up, I think, at one point. Yeah. Uh, and the Dolphins almost wiped that out by half time. Yeah. Which was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was bonkers. Um, but uh, second half, the, the the Dolphins actually took the lead, um, and then the Bills just managed to sort of get back, back get back on top, and then hold out until the end. But yeah, another. Another off-par showing from Josh Allen for me. Just uh, didn't really look as if he was all that comfortable throughout the game. Threw a couple of interceptions. I know. Um, I know from having a, a, a brief conversation with Mark earlier. I know we'll probably get into this in when we discuss this week's game for the Bills. Um, but yeah, I I text um, I text our like little podcast group. Um, a little bit before the end of the like end of the game, and I was like, I got that worried about the um, about the Bills and the fact that I was like, they could go out now that I had to put a bet on the Dolphins to win because uh, I, I don't know if if, if everybody's aware, but um, I am cursed when it comes to um, putting money on things. So I was like, I've got a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna secure a Bills win by betting on the Dolphins to win. And uh, I think within 30 seconds of placing that bet, everything had changed. And uh, yes, the Bills, uh, the Bills did in fact secure the win. Further proof that I cannot win money betting on sporting events. Absolutely not. So Bills progress to the divisional round. Next up was the other uh, game that. A lot of people were saying it was a bit of a 50-50 shot where the New York Giants t- took on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, obviously, the Vikings were the number three seed and had the home advantage. Um, didn't really play out that way for them. They uh, they certainly started off well, scoring a touchdown on their opening drive, but they just couldn't really hang with the Giants in the first half. The Giants kind of ran, just ran the show. Uh, first half and then the Vikings just never really could get back into the game um, and then what everyone's saying is the fact that with uh, with the last play 4th uh, and 8 
Kirk Cousins decides to throw the ball underneath, not past the numbers, and then they short of the short of the line to game by a good five yards and turn the ball over on downs when they've got no way of stopping the clock. Yeah, questionable decisions. Yeah, I, th- I think well, long time listeners and viewers will be in no way surprised to know my thoughts on the whole Kirk Cousins situation. There'll be, no, there'll be no way surprised that the first thing I said to you Monday morning was, how happy are you I mean, that the Vikings have gone? So, it was the, the... The situation with the Vikings was perfectly summed up to me in the fact that everyone was going about the fact that they were they were really good in close games. And they'd, they'd won. So they'd played 11 games that were settled by one, by one, uh, by one score or less. And they'd won all 11. The first time it actually matters when they play a game that's sort of settled by one score, they choke. I, uh, I thought it was nice that Kirk Cousins did his own little tribute to DeMar Hamlin and threw it for three yards. I just thought that was such a big, big thing. I mean, to... he, knew, he knew that three was obviously a very special number. And rather Can't than win the game, he wanted to just honour... Exactly. He's bigger than football. He's bigger than football, Kent Cousins. So, yeah, what a guy. And like I said, to a couple of our friends, I just went with fully guaranteed to never win the Super Bowl. So, the New York Giants move on to the divisional round. The the Minnesota Vikings, sadly, it's another season without a Super Bowl for the Scholars. Now, we move to the Baltimore Ravens travelling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Now, this one was um, kind of sort of on the... Well, it was it was uh, almost settled as soon as Lamar Jackson said he wasn't really going to yeah, play. Absolutely. Um, but didn't end up turning out that way. Um, the, the Ravens were much more competitive in this than I thought they should have been, really. Mm. Uh, Tyler Huntley didn't play a terrible game at all. Nope. Um, and yeah, and arguably, if they had a little bit of luck at the end, they could have forced overtime. So, yeah, um, Bengals didn't, didn't look as, as as short as they normally do. No. Or certainly had done the week before against the Bengals and mm. probably should have had this one put to bed much, much sooner than they, they eventually did. But... Yeah, a bit of a strange one that one. It was a bit, a bit similar to the Bills game, and I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a blowout home victory, and it didn't. And it certainly didn't pan out that way. Obviously, they did get the win, but not as not as comprehensively as uh, as you would have thought. You would have thought at first, but do you, um, think, so, do you think something's going on with the Ravens? Because obviously Lamar Jackson declared himself that he was injured. He then didn't travel with a team, and then. Yeah, his best mate, Tyler Huntley, was quarterback. He didn't go support him, didn't support his teammates. And then the, uh, was it the running back come out and said, oh, if he handed me the ball, I'd have got it in. They all seem to have been... I saw... I saw something round about the time, or just after Lamar Jackson announced that he wasn't, you know, he, he was still injured. I'd seen something that was saying that apparently Lamar Jackson's injury is being played down. I imagine that's for any prospective teams that might want to be interested. You know, they don't want to be looking at a quarterback who's severely injured 
versus a quarterback that's just a little bit injured going into the off-season. Um, so there's a possibility that maybe he wasn't in a position to travel. I don't know if any of that is in fact true. You know, at the end of the day, you get four weeks from the end of the season and everybody starts talking about Tom Brady retiring when at the same time he does a press conference and says he has absolutely no intention of retiring anytime soon. Um, we will come on to Tom Brady, I believe, uh, very shortly. And some of the stuff that's been going around, going, <laughs> going around about Tom Brady in the last few days is just... Um, the, his his rumoured new team is hilarious. In what way? Because in a lot of ways it makes a lot of sense. Yet, Tom Brady in green and white seems a little... Uh... Green and white? Really? Have you not seen the mocked-up picture of him in of him in the uniform? I won't be able to find it now. See, I I thought it was nailed on that he was off to the Raiders. Yeah, I did. I That's the second that. team that has been because uh... the McDaniel's uh, links and the fact that it's I'm assuming a tax haven, so he wouldn't have to pay any tax, any state tax or that. Knows. But yes, so the bang the, the Bengals do uh, do move on, and as Andy has mentioned, speaking of Tom Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they took on the Dallas Cowboys in the final game of Super Wild Card Weekend. It was the Monday Night Football, uh, and for the first ten minutes or so of the game, it was it was a bit of a punt fest as neither team's offense could get anything going. I believe it was six. Potentially six straight three and outs across the board. Yep. Um, until the Dallas Cowboys finally managed to get some offense going. Uh, it's got a touchdown. Um, missed the extra point. Three and out from the Buccaneers, or a very oh no, it wasn't a three and out from the Buccaneers. Sorry, the Buccaneers went on the went on the drive, uh, and uh, Tom Brady threw his first ever red zone interception as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Uh, to which the oh dear. Wow. Oh dear. That's how you pissed Bill Belichick off. Oh. Part of me does wonder if he would do that just just for that reason. Yeah. To really yeah. stick it to Belichick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tom Brady threw his first ever red zone interception uh, as a book. Uh, the Cowboys returned it. Uh, no, they didn't return it for a touchdown, but they, they obviously retained the possession and then turned that into a touchdown. Missed the extra point. Um, they then scored another touchdown and, and, and missed the extra point. Um, you can kind of see where this pattern's going. Yes, um, four missed extra points from kicker Brett Maher in this game. And it was mentioned during the coverage, hmm, I wonder if the Dallas Cowboys will be looking for a new kicker come, this month, uh, come, so, come Tuesday morning. So, he may have missed four of, of his extra points. In his last five, how many has he missed? Oh, that's right, because he's also missed one in last week's game. So he's actually missed his last five. Um, and I, I saw something earlier today that was like, 
you know, obviously you've got this this pool of NFL kickers, but surely there are out there in the wider circle, there are people who day in, day out can drill a ball down the centre of those sticks. So why is it that you've got a high volume of kickers that just can't do the one and only job that they have to do? And I know the the... What is it, the the couch quarterback system of, I could have made that, and then when people are put on the spot, they absolutely couldn't. But there are also a lot of people out there that could make that. So why aren't they doing that job and the guy who can't apparently do it? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's easy It's easy to say, like you say, I'm check quarterback, and uh, you're, not, you're, not on the, you're not on the pitch, you're not in the situation. You don't know what the weather's like. You don't know what the atmosphere's doing to you and stuff like that. You could see with his first two that he pushed him wide right. So for his third attempt, obviously he was like, well, if I, if I know I'm pushing him right, I need to correct it to the left. And obviously missed that one left. I don't know where he missed the fourth one. He did eventually get one through because they did score a, f- a fifth touchdown and he did manage to get an extra point after it. So he did manage to get himself on the board. Uh, but I'd be very surprised if they don't at least bring in an alternative or have a look to see if there's an alternative that they, that they might be able to bring through. Um, as obviously, shock, shock horror, the Cowboys held on to win the game, so we'll move on to the next round to play the San Francisco 49ers. Um, if they get into a position where they're scoring touchdowns against the 49ers, they can't afford to be missing point afters because no. the... Uh, the 49ers aren't exactly the books and will punish them for those misses. So, yeah, uh, it'll be an interesting situation to watch um, between now and next Sunday when that game starts. So, six games, all done. Obviously, last week on the uh, on the show, we did, we did some predictions. It was myself, Andy, Amy and Leanne provided predictions from that perspective. So, in fourth place... With sadly only two of six picks correct. It is the stats mistress herself, Leanne Davies, ladies and gentlemen. She only got the Bills and the Bengals correct. She was let down by the other four teams. Wow. Disappointing. In joint second place, or joint third place, depending on which way you sort of glasses half full slash empty, with three out of six picks correct. It is Miss Amy Brinton providing her uh, her stellar knowledge to the podcast again, and the leader of the podcast network right there in his cap, Mister Andrew Cook. Andy was let down by the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Buccaneers, whereas Amy was let down by the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Ravens. So, obviously, that means I won the week. How much did I win the week by? Get your applause out, ladies and gentlemen. With a full six out of six picks correct. That's right. I have just given myself the one point. Because I look back over the book and uh, we had a similar situation where Stewart picked all six of the wild card games last season. So well played to Mr. Woodman C. Last year we did the same and I only gave him a point. So uh, yes, so I've, I've reset the scores from the regular season. So it's it's currently one zero zero to myself and then obviously yourself and the guest. Um, 
side bet wise Andy had taken oh sorry well I, I, I'll give the scores that we went into the week on so Andy went into the week on 47 points and I went into the week on 50, 48 points we say 50 well that would be incorrect so there's only one point in it so Andy had taken the Bills correct the Bengals correct and the Chargers sadly so Odie gets himself two points there to move himself to 49 obviously with me picking all six games correctly I couldn't possibly lose on this one so I had the 49ers Giants and Cowboys so I get myself three points and move on to 51 on the side there um other than the other than the uh, the week uh, the, the wild card predictions, um, from a season long predictions perspective, four players did get eliminated with their pick of the books to make the Super Bowl. That was Andy, Stu, and Rob. They did, however, have the Bills to make the game, so they are still in the running. Mark's pick of the Chiefs versus the Eagles is very much still in play, as obviously they are the number one seeds, and they come into the mix in the divisional round weekend. So, just myself, Andy, Stu and Rob that can't get their perfect Super Bowl, just the Bills left in play on that side. I believe, Mr Cook, we have some stats to round out week so, 19, as it were, technically. So, a couple of things about the stats. Number one is, uh, with lesser games, with fewer games, comes less stats. So, there are only seven stats this week, which I have divided between these gentlemen here. Um, the other thing is... <clears throat> Because she does it out of the goodness of her heart, I always like to give the stats mistress a mention. 52 minutes after the stats hit the internet, they were in my mailbox. Now, if that's not on the bobby, I don't know what is. So, big thanks to the stats mistress. So, of the seven stats, we'll start them off like this. This is the NFL wildcard round stat. Credit goes to Nate Davis of USA Today and, like I said, the stats mistress. Stat number one of this week is the average margin of victory in a game during the 2022 regular season was 9.7 points. The league's lowest in 90 years. But things were even tighter at the outset of the playoffs. The first five games decided by an average of just 7.2 points. Points. Number two, seven of the teams that were in action on Saturday and Sunday the Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, and Seattle didn't qualify for the postseason last year. Of that group, only the Jags and the G Men advanced. Paul? So, I will continue on that theme of teams that have made it after not making the season before. This was the first time in 23 years that all of the all of the three Florida-based teams, mm. the Jags, the Finns, and the Buccaneers, all made it into the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. 
Secondly, I have the Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen certainly didn't submit his greatest playoff performance in Sunday's 34-31 escape from the Dolphins. But despite a but despite three turnovers, he did join Matt Ryan as the only player with at least 300 passing yards and three touchdown passes in three straight postseason games. And finally, for me, in 12 games, including Saturday's win this season with San Francisco, running back Christian McCaffrey has 1,346 yards from uh, and 11 touchdowns from scrimmage. What a trade that has turned out to be. Amazing. Mark, take us home. So, I've got the Jags became the first team ever to win a playoff game the season after they earned the NFL's worst record. Their 2021 edition, mostly coached by Urban Meyer, finished 3-14. Urban <coughs> Meyer, wow. Um, <coughs> and, um, my second stat, teams playing on wildcard weekend, or super wildcard weekend, sorry, have won the Super Bowl 11 times. Seven of those clubs true wildcards. A year ago, both the Bengals and Rams advanced from the wildcard round to Super Bowl 56. The season prior, the Buccaneers took the wildcard path. Three road playoff wins to victory in Super Bowl 55. And there we go. Short and sweet on the stats because less games to talk about. Um, so... We'll have some picks to do, um, and the side bet's just going to get even juicier at this point. Um, well, the side bet reduces to only two games each, sadly, so yeah, super tasty. We may even potentially have to avoid the uh, ABBA selection method and just go for a straight up ABAB <sighs> picks to make Oof. it fair, but... We'll cover that when we cover it, Mr. Cook. So, Indeed. I believe, before we jump into the divisional round picks, I believe we may need to take a small break to just compose, refresh, reinvigorate ourselves, and then we'll jump straight into it. Absolutely. We'll back in one sec, and we'll get at it. Two ticks. Recording in progress. And just like that, they were back, even though... They've moved around, but certainly on my screen anyway. So, oh, there's some, there's some juicy games. I'll say I was I was gushing last week that although the uh, the end of the regular season is a very sad time for me personally, the 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 games that you get from from postseason, the oh the. I get the vapors. It's uh, it's a delicious time to be a fan watching uh, hardcore playoff football. Um, obviously, uh, having to sit through live American adverts is like having your teeth pulled with a pneumatic drill. But other than that, it's a great time to be alive. So. Paul. With, with that comment, I've got to a point now where I want to start making a tally of the amount of times I've seen a particular advert because I've lost the I've lost count of the amount of times that either a Verizon advert comes up or an advert for Burger King's five dollar meal pack oh. or you know 
thought you were going to say how many times you'd seen the trailer for Rihanna's Super Bowl appearance. Oh, yes, I forgot about that as well. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Hosted yeah. by Apple Music, mm-hmm. no yeah. less. So, yeah, not Pepsi. Not Pepsi no. anymore. Apple Music. Apple Music. So, to avoid Mr. Cook wanting to put that particular uh, weapon to his mouth, we start with the Jacksonville Jaguars travelling to the Kansas City Chiefs to, I mean... Dare I suggest make up the numbers at this point? I mean, is it is it is it too easy to say that or? Hi, is that the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid we can't we can't come into work today because we're, we're all we're all really unwell and please 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 don't. The, the the weird thing about this is that having seen the the Jags up to this point of the season and seeing them last week, I'm now like. Is there a version, is there a universe out there where the Jags win this game? <laughs> I mean, like, listen, like, we're saying it as if it's, you know, an absolute certainty that the Chiefs I will win. I, I don't think anything's certain. No? I mean, like, the Jags have a chance, of course they do, because, you know, it's it's a game at the end of the day, and you don't know how, you don't know how Patrick Mums is going to play, you've got a Got a, we've got a pretty, we've got a pretty good idea of how he's going to play, um, and obviously the uh, the stats are all there in the what is it in the four seasons that he's been a starter, he has made the AFC Championship game every season, so it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he will be back there again the week after this it's that thing isn't it so, I imagine because there was a lot of people at the time when the contract you know while the ink was drying on that contract were like is he really worth half a billion dollars and then X amount of time later they're like yeah I think we're, I think we're good on this one I think we're covered here the, th- the, sheer, the, sheer, the thing that makes it even more ridiculous now is the fact that they only gave him half a billion and then you consider that Deshaun Watson goes and gets like a quarter of a billion from the from the Cleveland Browns. And fully guaranteed. Like, fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed as well. Absolutely crazy. Um, so, surprise, surprise, we've all taken the Chiefs. I don't think it's a big shock. You would probably say it's the safest bet of the four games. Um, the Chiefs will undoubtedly be the heavy favourite, I would imagine potentially double point favourites. Um, when when a team pull out a ring a ring the roses before a play, they just they can't lose. They I, 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 lose. I am still that still plays on a loop going through my mind every day. I'm just like who does that? The the fact that it got pulled back I so know. obviously you missed out from a fantasy perspective. You missed out on the Patrick Mahomes four points for the touchdown pass, but we won't go into the fact that I lost the uh, the, the the fantasy final by four points. It's it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, Kansas Sky better giving Kansas City two to nine odds versus seven to two Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> it's it's. It's one of the more one-sided games you'll see. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if the handicap was under 11.5 points. To be honest with you. Um, so we'll move on to the next game, which should also be taking place on 
technically Sunday over here, but it will be Saturday in the States. So we've got the New York Giants taking on the one-seed Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we have all taken the Eagles in this one, but I did have a conversation with a friend of mine who is a Steelers fan, and uh, we, we both came to the conclusion they would probably have much preferred the... Um, it wouldn't have been the Vikings they would have played because they would have ended up playing the, the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys but I don't think the Eagles are going to be I have picked like I say we have, we have all picked the Eagles I don't think this one's going to be that straightforward given how the Giants played against the Vikings in the last round it'll just be a case of whether that week off has allowed the Eagles to get everyone that they needed rested and then backfiring do we know the status of Jalen Hurts? I think he's pretty good to go. I think he said that he was he was probably a little bit more banged up than he wanted to be to play against the Giants in Week 18. But because the Giants were going to be resting all their starters because they knew they couldn't do anything, I think it was looked at as a bit of a no risk because he wasn't going to have like you know Kayvon Thibodeau like flying at him at like high speeds trying to sort of knock him out and stuff like that. So. I think he's good. To, I think he's good to go as, as close to hundred percent as he possibly as he possibly can be. My, my mate's a Giants fan at work, and he also plays NF, uh, American football in this country. And he's he said that he thinks the Giants will go after Hertz because he's not fully fit. And if they do, he's in trouble because the Eagles cannot play without him. Obviously, yeah, five percent fit. Um. Because he uses his legs a lot, doesn't he, Jalen Hurts? Yeah, so it's, yeah, he yeah. It could be very close, very close. It, it all depends, like you say, how if they're hard in the injury or if he's in fact they've just rested him. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I, I keep coming back to it. I have picked the Eagles. I do think the Eagles will win. I think we'll have too much for them, and I think that week off will make all the difference. But I wouldn't be surprised if we sat here in a week's time saying the Giants are preparing for their first NFC Championship game in however many years or whatever because they just play that sort of football where if they just, like, they can hand the ball off to Saquon, they can keep the ball with Daniel Jones and you know they're going to get the yards. And so, like, Daniel Jones has just stepped up this evening. He just seems to be, he seems to be able to, like, burst through tackles. I love, I love that fake handoff. <laughs> I saw I saw something where someone said like if Patrick Mahomes had done this play, people would be going absolutely wild for it and stuff like that. And it's the it's the messy principle in football. Like if a if just a regular player sort of like scores one from like the edge of his own box or something like that, uh, people say if Messi scores that goal, it gets mentioned for the rest of time. But because yeah. it was scored by you know Arthur Jones for Grimsby against Carlisle, it'll never get a look in again and stuff like yeah. that. I think it's a similar principle for. Um, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I think I think their coach is it Brian Dable deserves yeah. massive massive respect this season. Because I don't think they've made many changes to the the roster, have they? No, not really. No. I mean, they, they, they did. They had a they had a pretty good draft. Obviously, they got Thibodeau, and he's and he's been a big difference maker on the defense. Um, but yeah, he's pretty much working with what they had there before, minus a couple of like different additions and stuff like that, um, or plus a couple of different additions. But yeah, the um, to say where they like where they've come from from last season to the team they are now, obviously Jones was in the last year of his deal. Um 
there's no guarantee that he'll that they'll sort of like give him a, an extended contract or anything like that. But you imagine if if they're able to, they might franchise tag him or something like that. Mm. See what they've got next season to see if they can like run him back and stuff. But yeah, I think it'll of the four games, I'd say it's up there as one of the sort of well top two. And then I looked at what the other two are that we've still got to discuss. And maybe not, but it's I'll. I'll certainly be watching it with a little bit more gusto than the, the game before, which could be done by half-time, let's put it out. So, speaking of the other two games, it moves us to the game that we should have had in week 17, but obviously extenuating circumstances dictated that that wasn't going to be able to be played. So it's not in Cincinnati. This time it does take place in Buffalo, and it is the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Buffalo Bills. Now, I believe... Every single one of us is probably in exactly the same position here. We've said we think the Bills will win, but in our heads we're like, there's something about the Bengals that it's just, you can't really look past them too much at this particular point, and it's weird. I thought, like, like I say, I think that the, the way that they didn't take care of business as comfortably as you would have thought against the Ravens did make me think, Maybe the game being in Buffalo might count against them. Well, saying that they went into the they went into Kansas City last year in the AFC Championship game, beaten there, didn't they? So they're obviously a team for the big occasion. They've arguably got the best receiving core in the in the whole of the league. Um, I think it'll all boil down to how well Josh Allen plays for me. So I, I know, I know, Sorry. I know. Like Mark, you've already mentioned that although you've made a pick in this game, you're not you're not comfortable. I'm in exactly the same position. I've made a pick. There's a. I, I I don't even know if it's a head over heart situation. Seeing the Bills play at the weekend, I'm not going to lie. It it didn't fill me with confidence moving forward. Now, as Paul mentioned before. The Bills are 50% of my Super Bowl pick. And to say that, to see them at the weekend, I was I was worried. Now, on the other side of the ball, we've got the Bengals. Bengals, the last couple of years, have been consistently one of the best teams. This game is tasty. And... I you know part of me thinks no matter which way it goes you're going to get a good game this this is the the quintessential it's either going to be 3-7 final or it's going to be 51-50 it's going either going to be score for score for score for score for score you know you're 6 minutes into the first quarter and it's 20-20 or something like that or it's going to be Four and out, four and out, four and out, four and out for three quarters of the time. It could be either of those versions. There's very, it's very unlikely that it's going to be this team's 30 points ahead of that team. As for which team is which in that scenario, yeah, I've, 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 I've had to go with the Bills. I don't feel comfortable with that choice having seen them at the weekend, and knowing that the Bengals can get it done. That team is a monster. Weapons left, right and centre. 
And then you've got Joe Burrow. You know, the man is legit. So... I've, I've made... Go on. I was just going to say, I, don't, I, I think that's, that's that's a good point you've made, you've, you've raised there, obviously, like, the Bengals have got the, we've done this before, mentality, whereas the Bills obviously haven't been at the Super Bowl since, what, 93, 94, maybe? Um, and obviously, they were in the postseason last season, got to that game with the Chiefs, and then it just, obviously, like, got away from them, but... Um, I, I don't know. I, I know. I know. Obviously, like it only panned out for four of the six teams in the wild card round, but home advantage matters so much yeah. when it comes to these games and stuff like that. And Bills, the Bills Mafia, is obviously like you know well known for a reason. There is not. That. There is not a table in Buffalo. <laughs> Say like the the stores in Buffalo this week will sell more tables than toilet roll. Honestly, and and how many how many chickens will have to be sacrificed to provide the the many many wild wings that will be going on? Tables and wild wings is the only thing that's selling in Buffalo this week. I think out of the four games, this one either goes to overtime or it's. Who's in possession with a minute to go? You know yeah. that. I think it's that yeah. game. Yeah. Like say, I was it's low high, but so close. I was literally just about to say that they said it on the uh, the Giants Vikings game. And they said it, it could just come down to whichever team like possesses the ball last will win it. And I I, I totally agree, Mark. I think that is literally how this one could go. It could yeah. just be total shootout. Whoever's Whoever cracks first is the team that goes home. Um, so that leads us on to our last game of the slot, and it is the Dallas Cowboys taking on Mark's San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is our first game where we've got a difference of opinion. So Andy and Mark, no surprises, have taken the San Francisco 49ers. I'm, t- I'm taking the Cowboys on this one. You like, do surprise I know me. I know they've got an unbelievably good defence. Purdy's not been tested yet. And I think if I if I was a Niners fan, at this point, I'd have happily taken any team in the postseason apart from Dallas. Because Dallas's defence is scary good. But when you're backed by Paul Heyman. You've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to lose. You are, you know, and you're Brock. In, and you called Brock. You are in some some good company. Listen, if it comes down to it, and Mister Purdy is not able to perform, they do have the option of just tagging in Mister Lesnar to take snaps under center. So absolutely, there is always that. I, um, I don't know. There's just there's just something right. It, it's it's all been a bit too sort of fairy tale up to this point for yeah, me. Yeah, he's won all the starts he's had. Yeah, he's never really had apart from the first half against the Seahawks. He's never really had like a, a tough time of it. And I think the Cowboys are gonna they're gonna, they're gonna sort of play on that and they're gonna be at him. So straight away, you you Parsons hit. is gonna try and get at him. Yeah, you yeah, know, you, he's you try hit and it. His feathers. 
see how he feels when he's got like a huge man up in his face and stuff like that. And I reckon if they rattle him, he could unravel. Yeah, absolutely. And you hit it. You hit it nailed on. The Cowboys' defense is scary. They are so good. Like that defense is amazing. 49ers defence isn't anything to sniff at and <clears throat> No, and I, I was gonna say, I was gonna back that up with I know the Niners defence is good, very, very good, probably best in the division, or best in the league even, but I just think that that's been around for enough time to know how to play against certain systems or whereas was he in his locker. Any good in that time? Being one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Well, I tell you, he he, uh, he certainly played out of his skin against the uh, the books on on. Uh, Did he? Night, so. he? Yeah, he, he, really, he was really good. Shocking in the first half of that game, they couldn't move the ball more than a couple of yards. He, Dak Prescott is uh, listening to the to the commentators, literally just like oh oh oh, Dak Prescott. I was like. Can you just slap it out of your mouth for two seconds and do some actual commentary? There, there are there are a couple of other players on that field, you know. It's sickening to listen to because he is not a good quarterback. I don't care how you slice it. He has got an amazing defence. And as we know, defence wins games. I think, I think Lady Luck favours Dak Prescott more than any kind of skill. Um, I, I'm not on the Brock Purdy bandwagon. I'm half on, half off. In the games he's played, he should have had at least five picks, and they've either been brought back. He got lucky. Um, however, I feel more confident with him on the centre than Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, you know, and yet Dallas have got a great D. We've got a great D. Our D seems to take a bit of time to warm up at the minute. We've let. Some mediocre quarterbacks take us apart, like uh, Raiders the other week. I just think Brock Purdy, the way we the Ohio State, he's going to come good, and I trust him a lot more than Jimmy. And I, I honestly think he's been practising against the 49ers day, week in, week out. He'll, he'll be ready for it. And I agree with Andy, that Prescott is the most overrated guy since Kirk Cousins. He's just—he's terrible. He's absolutely garbage. He, because he's, he's got a star he on is, his shirt. He is he's shockingly bad. Um, yeah. But a a team a team that I would never want to face is the Dallas Cowboys, especially. And I I use this phrase a lot, but especially this version of the Dallas Cowboys. The one thing that as a team they consistently do well is they put a monstrous defence out pretty much year in, year out. No matter what they've got going on on offence, going on or not going on, wherever, that defence is like a brick wall. And then they've got not only that that wall, they've also got players in the defence that will go after the ball, that go after the quarterback, that are ready for the interception, they're ready for the picks, they're, they're going to take that ball off you and run it for a touchdown. They, looking at looking at the list of teams there, I, 
I wouldn't have too hard a time putting the Cowboys' defense as number one of the teams that are left. Admittedly, the 49ers have been rated as number one through the season. So, defense versus defense, you know, if you were if you were talking a Super Bowl kind of game, you'd be hard picked to say which of the two defense were going to win. So. I, as as Paul said, you and I have both gone for the 49ers. And that could potentially be from the offense side of things. Um, the 49ers... I was talking to another 49ers fan yesterday saying... For, for a lot of the season, I was a bit like... What exactly is going on with the 49ers? Because every time you expected them to implode... To fall apart, you know, when they lose their starting quarterback, when you know, when they're not sure what's going on here and there and all that, they were still winning games. They were still coming out of that week with a win, and you were just like, "Oh, well, maybe it's just a fluke, or maybe it's just a." Bit. But especially to be in the position they're in now, it's very much like there's got to be something going on. It can't be a, you know, same phrase again. Lady looks shining. I also agree with Paul. This could be the first genuine test of this version of the 49ers offense. So. I think Mika Parsons is scary. Oh, 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 oh. if that guy was barreling down on you, you'd be like, uh, Have it. There you go. The ball's right there, mate. You, you do what you need to. In fact, let me open the door. Come on. Oh. And I think. And I think our defence, although it's ranked number one, on fair down, it's one of the worst. And that's where Tony Pollard comes in. Because he's so quick. So that is the worry. We're, we're crap at fair down. And Tony Pollard comes in and just runs rings around us. Mm. Difficult. Yeah. It'll, regardless, it will be a wonderful game. And quite the uh, fitting way to finish out the week. So... All that means is that Andy and Mark have basically picked the same team. So, we'll need a tiebreaker of sorts. So, what I've suggested... Fisticus. ...is that you both write Do down it. the total number of points scored across all four games. Ooh. So, work Ooh. out your heads how many points you think will be scored in each game. Tot them up and give me a figure. And whoever ends up closest, if we need the tiebreaker, obviously whoever ends up closest to the mark will get the uh, will get the point. So we'll have a little think. So whilst they're whilst they're totting those up, I'll just go back through the game. So it's the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills, and the Dallas Cowboys. At the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, if the Bills and Chiefs do progress, I believe the game will take place at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, I believe, was was the location that was selected as the neutral venue. Mm. Uh, So if it's a Chiefs-Bills AFC Championship game, it'll take place in an NFC Stadium. Work that one out. Do you have figures, boys? I do. I do, yeah. Okay, Andy, do you want to give us your figure first? Oh, 
we are going to get some. We are going to get some large scoring games. So Andy's pick of two hundred and forty-eight points. Uh, for anybody, for anybody who is listening, I used a calculator for this by basically looking at the games and going, "That game is going to score." This is a total, and just doing that for all four games to get me a total point. So that's that's an average of sixty-two points a game, I believe. Yeah, I'm. Confident. If it happens, I think people will be very excited. So, Mark, what have you gone for? So, I've got some workings out on my sheet of paper with some I like stuff. it. Show you're working. We always, we always like this. I don't get any bonus points for that, though, do I? Sadly um, not. But. 210 mm-hmm. I've gone for. What's that, about 52? 52, 52 points for the game tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. I'll tell you something, I'll tell you something, folks. If, if it happens, either way... We're in for one hell of a well, we're in for one hell of a divisional round weekend of the games. There is only one item left to go through, and it is week twenty of the side bet. So, just to clarify, Andy goes into week twenty on forty nine points. I go into week twenty on fifty one points. So technically, Andy can have the first pick or put me into bat. But like I say, rather than doing A, B, B, A, we'll just do one pick each, and then whoever pick first gets to pick the third game. So it's up to you, Mr. Cook. Do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? Yeah, I'm going to go first. I'm going to almost cheat this one by taking the Chiefs to beat the Jaguars. <laughs> no, you, you do, you do uh, shock. Bearing in mind... As a as a half brained, half stolen concept that part of me thought we'd get to week three and be like, this side bet thing's absolutely not worth doing. We could potentially end by going into the super if if it goes a particular way, we could be going to the Super Bowl as a decider for the side bet. Essentially. Um in that case I will take what in theory should be the next most sensible pick so I'll go for the Eagles that would have been my that would have been my next pick um, uh, now you've done it <laughs> where's it which way is he going to go ladies and gentlemen I I I've, I, at this point in the season and this point in, in the side in the side bet predictions I have to go with what I personally feel is a easier pick to make, which is the San Francisco 49ers to probably just, if it happens, beat the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to lie, I believed that was the way he was going to dice that one. So I was fully expecting it. So, do I do what you discussed doing for a couple of weeks ago? Do I hedge my bets? <laughs> This this is a very good question, because either way you're getting points. No, I'll stick with my convictions. I'll stick with the bills. Oh, he could have he could have uh, jinxed the jinxed a lot. I must admit, it's obviously sort of like pull back the curtain somewhat. Obviously, the book is just written out in pen by my good by my good self. When I was doing that game earlier, I did. 
Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, and just put a B in that game for a good hour. Because I was like, uh, I really don't know which way I'm going to pick. But I did fall the Bills in the end. So there you go. Andy's two teams for the side bet, obviously, with the runner being four games. He's taken the Chiefs over the Jags, the 49ers over the Cowboys. I've got the Eagles over the Giants and the Bills over the Bengals. We will see what happens next week. There we go. Fantastic stuff. Um, big thank you to Paul for running the book and being my co-host. Uh, a big thank you to another co-host from another podcast. Uh, Mark, when does the Formula 1 season start up again? Uh, I, I believe this year, because I keep changing it, it's about March time. So Ooh, uh, not too long. weeks away from the launches of the cars um and then we'll have it'll be, it'll be winter testing at the moment won't it surely uh i think february time they're normally it's quite short now winter testing so it's like middle of feb end of feb they only have maybe two or three weeks now um but for listeners of the podcast as i did lose my predictions round i am doing the shoey this saturday unfortunately <laughs> Uh, tell yes, me, it's, tell me, video. it's it's going to be Instagram Live. Um, well, we're doing it at Bets in Brands Burton, so I mean, it could be. Yeah, get the get the get, get the podcast. Pizza type. and a shoey. Nice. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm generally going to be sick. Oh, and there we go. An amazing way to finish the the episode, the podcast, whatever whatever you call it, we call it. Us talking about a sport that is not from this country that we know probably that much about. Um, thank you to these two gentlemen for helping me take you lovely people through a sport. As I said, not from our country. Uh, we will return next week. <clears throat> There might be a guest, there might be more than one guest, there might be no guests. Who knows? We will be talking divisional round football and going into a very special weekend in a lot of ways. Um, Mark, hopefully we can get you back on um, between now and the Super Bowl, which is not that far away. But a big thank you to you for joining us. Maybe yeah, no you problem. can bring some of your uh, straight to the apex cohorts with you. I believe there's still one other NFL fan out there. There is, yeah. So uh, we'll, we shall we shall see if we can make that happen. Uh, and that's it. Next week we'll be back. We'll be talking more, in some ways less NFL. That's it. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 There you go. What do you think to that? Big thank you to Mark for joining me and Paul. We always appreciate our guests. We shower them with love and the gift of reading out stats live on air. Big thank you to you for joining us. Hope you tune in for next week and the following weeks, the last few weeks of the season, taking us up to the wonderful Super Bowl. Before you go, if you haven't already, do consider clicking that subscribe button. You can also like, share, drop reviews, 
You can even check out our website, it's thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button so that you can get in touch with us, tell us who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. <clears throat> That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. This has been another episode of CookieCast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.